Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get sports and not much else, apparently. But uh, that's shots fired on myself, I guess. Um, we are here for what should be a bit of a shorter podcast than we're used to, but we'll, we'll see how long it goes. But uh, I got Craig Needles with me here right now. We are doing an instant reaction pod to the Seattle Kraken expansion draft that just finished moments ago. Craig, how the heck are you? Doing well. Doing well. All right. Um, so let's just get into this. On paper, right now we'll get in, we'll get into some of the individual picks in a minute. But on paper, right now, and Cap Friendly just tweeted. I don't know if you saw this. Cap Friendly just tweeted that um, the Seattle Kraken, which this came down as a bit of a surprise to me, was they they just tweeted that Seattle made no deals with any of the other 31 NHL teams prior to this. Yeah, I can't. Selection. I, I I can believe that based on what I heard they were mm-hmm. asking teams for, but at the same time, like. So I, it, it, one of two things happened here. Thing one, I think this is mo- the most likely thing. Um, general NHL general managers heard podcasts like the one we did last time I was on, where we were making fun of ridiculous moves that made the Golden Knights good right away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, I don't want to be on one of the uh, talked about one of those in four years or whenever the next time we do expansion draft is, which is hopefully longer than four years." But here we are. I don't want to be talked about on one of those. So I'm not going to make any deals with them at all. And they, they, if they take a player, so be it. So there's the thing one. I think that that's going to be part of this. But I think also, did the Seattle management team see some of the stuff that Vegas got and say, overplay their hand a little bit? You know, like, hey, we're going to say we want this, this or this, this because Vegas charged this price. But this is a different market. There's different stuff going on. So I think it might have been a combination of teams not wanting to get memed like the Florida Panthers did, like the Minnesota Wild did and so forth. And teams deciding, and this is the Kraken perhaps, their management team, uh, getting too aggressive with the ass and these side deals. The price to, to protect Jake Allen from Montreal really was a second round pick and a top prospect, which I would assume, I don't know who it is on Montreal that they, they have one, well, they have a, like they're deep in prospects. They won't only have one really, really good one. And he played most of the playoffs in Caulfield. I don't think it would have been him either way. Um, if that was the price, I understand why Montreal's not paying that to keep a backup goalie. So then Montreal makes a, a bit of a change here, a bit of a change there. And, uh, uh, they don't leave price protected and Vegas, uh, isn't going to take price because he's too expensive. So, I think that Vegas may have overplayed their hand here a little bit, and it cost them. Yeah, Mark Bergevin was flexing a little muscle, and I mean that literally because the dude is jackhoused. He uh, is easily the GM that could beat up all the other GMs in the league. Yeah, I don't understand how Mark Bergevin is like more built now than when he was a National Hockey League player, but apparently <laughs> yeah. that's the case. <laughs> he just does curls, I guess. We, we never see him. He's yeah. always in suits. Does he skip leg day? We don't know. But I do believe that from my recollections of Mark Bergevin as an NHL player, he is more jack now than when he was an NHL player. Uh, like not to get too off topic, the only thing I remember about Mark Bergevin as a player was him firing, firing the puck, throwing the puck in his own net when he was on St. Louis. That is, that's... That is definitely <laughs> something that happened. Yes, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, that, that was quite the game of chicken that they were that uh, Bergevin and Francis were playing though, where where it seemed like Bergevin was going to take Jake Allen, or sorry, um, Francis was going to take Jake Allen, and then. <laughs> Somehow, I mean, through a little bit of, uh, I mean, I, I guess Bergevin learned from what happened with Tampa and the uh, hashtag 18 million over the cap. 
that he was like, well, now I'm just going to do this, okay? And, and got yeah. priced to waive his no-trade clause and then said, here, take him, I dare ya. <laughs> and Ron Francis, to his credit, yeah, it was a little bit of, he got he got his bluff called by Bergevin, but also he didn't do the what I perceive to be the silly move, which is to get all riled up and just well be like, well screw you, I'll just take Carey Price, and then you've hamstrung yeah. your and and while it would be great to sell Carey Price jerseys and have a face of the franchise and all that sort of thing, and you know his, his wife lives out in the West Coast and 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 that sort of thing, it just it just immediately destroying the cap space of your your blank slate there yeah and cap space was clearly their plan based on the expansion picks cat like we're going to create cap space for ourselves was obviously what they were trying to accomplish here so you can't do that well at least you can't do that as effectively if you've got 10 million dollars booked into goaltending mm-hmm. uh so let's do our teams off the top let's start with the one everybody will want to hear or at least everybody in, in in our area who listens to this podcast will want to hear um, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, they select Jared McCann. A little upsetting for you. I know he was one of your boys. Um, but, the, I mean, it's a sensible move. And, and, I'll, and I'll let you explain why it's a sensible mm-hmm. move. But um, the optics on this are, you know, like, if you're just looking at what happened, it kind of looks bad. It, it, it looks bad on Dubas if you don't dig deep into this one because it looks like Dubas traded for a guy. It looks like he gave up assets for a guy, although it was just Holland and a, and a seventh, but he gave up assets for a guy who never even got a chance to put on a jersey because he got yanked uh, 48 hours later in an expansion draft. So from that angle, it looks bad, but uh, do you want to go ahead and explain why it's not necessarily that bad, even though it sucks that you, you lost a, a guy that... Um, Well, people are ticked off because they didn't get to see McCann play. And I think it shows the increasing influence from the analytics community perspective as far as how fans evaluate and see players because McCann is a fancy stats darling. And all of a sudden, he's not on the team. So I think people that would have otherwise... Uh, perhaps not been as passionate about Jared McCann or seeing the the analytics numbers being like, oh man, we have this guy and all of a sudden he's gone. Here's what the Leafs decided. They had realized, because they wanted to keep Justin Hall because they thought that you were not going to be able to find an equivalent equivalent player on the free agent market. So the Leafs decided that what we are going to do instead is trade for another forward and we will let Seattle decide. Kerfoot or McCann and will they can pick and that way from the perspective of expansion all we really lose here no matter what is Hollander in a seventh because we see Kerfwood and McCann as relatively interchangeable players similar cap hit similar spots in the line we can play them blah 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 I think McCann's better but the least thought process was those two players are relatively similar to one another so therefore if we lose one, we've got it covered with the other. So Seattle was charging these exorbitant prices that we were just talking about to get out of the expansion draft. And what winds up happening is the Leafs, to have their roster untouched by the Kraken, give up Hollander and a seventh-round pick. So relative to a first and a third to protect your goalie or whatever it was they were charging, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good deal. But it's still frustrating, nonetheless, that the Leafs acquired a player that I think is a very, very good fit for the lineup, and he never winds up playing for the team. Um, my preference would have been to 
protect seven forwards as opposed to four defensemen. But the Leafs were pretty certain that because of Dave Haxtell, Justin Hall was going to go, and they really wanted to make sure they kept him. So they they made this move. It's uh, it's what it is. Yeah, that seems to be the sentiment of uh, smarter Leafs fans like yourself. That uh, the, the the overwhelming theory seems to be that I wish they went seven and three instead of four and four. But yeah, no. Here's the thing: there's some split among Leaf fans that are uh, more analytically inclined about that, about whether they should have gone the uh, the opposite split. I think I would suspect there would have been something of a split in the front office about that as well. Um, but the reality is that they decided that. They were certain they were going to lose Hall, so they thought that they would rather lose one of the two forwards they have that make close to or a little over three million bucks, as opposed to a defenseman who makes two million bucks. They thought that replacing Hall for two million was going to be harder than replacing McCann for two point nine, which that may be true, but still frustrating in the short term. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh... For my team now, the Colorado Avalanche, the um, they give away one of the um, interesting guys in this draft. Um, it, it seemed to be after the um, they made the Graves trade last week, which we haven't talked about on this podcast yet, but uh, sort of makes sense. Um, felt like it was going to be Ryan Graves, and based on the fact that uh, most of the guys that Seattle drafted were over six foot three, it seems reasonable to think that had the uh, Avalanche and a lot of defensemen too, a lot of defensemen. Yeah, it it, it seems like the that's very much would have been the case based on Seattle's uh, expansion draft strategy here. That if Ryan Graves had not been traded by the Avalanche and was exposed, they would have taken him uh, in, instead of who they took. Who they took was Jonas Donskoy, and a lot of the. Uh, a lot of that you and I had had thought that they were going to take either Donskoy or Confer. Uh, we both thought that hey, they should probably take Confer because he's probably a little bit better and he's a little bit cheaper too. I mean, like not that four hundred million is is or four hundred million four hundred thousand. Sorry, in, uh, he's going to break it, the bank. He's going to break the bank in in, in NHL cap terms. Um, Donskoy. Now a member of the Seattle Kraken sucks. I liked him on the uh, I liked him on the Avalanche. He was a top six forward for us. The Avalanche did indeed lose a top six forward today, which you know that sucks for anybody. The interesting bit here, though, is do the Seattle Kraken because the door is there for the Avalanche to become the Florida Panthers of this if Gabriel Landeskog still a free agent or soon to be free agent Gabriel Landeskog winds up signing with the Seattle Kraken. I don't know if that makes the Avalanche the Florida Panthers though from the perspective of if now it's just a matter of if you you, you got outbid. You got outbid for mm-hmm. a, 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 an an unrestricted free agent and that happens. And sometimes those deals are regrettable anyway. So I don't know if if I'm an Avalanche fan and Landeskog goes and signs for something that starts with an 8 Mm-hmm. In Seattle, I, I, I'm it sucks and I'm bummed out, but I understand entirely why Joe Sackick was like, we can't do this. Yeah. So that's that's where I would be at is I would I would be disappointed. I'd be annoyed uh, if he signs in Seattle or anywhere else for a number that starts with anything less or for an any anything that starts with an eight. But um, you sort of understand why. 
hey, we can't match this because we've got the Makara thing that we're handling right now, and we've got in two summers the McKinnon thing that needs to be handled as well. Mm-hmm. So I would un- be understanding if they said, no, we can't do that. Now, if there's a situation where he signs somewhere for something that begins in the low sevens, at that point, you may be able to say to Joe Sackett, you, like, you could have matched this and he would have stayed. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't you have matched this? Yeah, I don't think he's going to sign somewhere for something in the low sevens. I think if he's signing a low sevens deal, that's in Colorado. Uh, because if I think if he just goes and says, I'm going where the money is, there's going to there someone is presenting him a deal with an AAV that starts the eight. Mm-hmm. If that that will happen next week, it's just a matter of who presents that to him. So and he, maybe he doesn't sign it. Maybe he stays for a little bit less in Colorado. That's apparently something he's open to. But not staying a lot for a lot less, I guess, is the is, is the issue here. So uh, I could get why you'd be why you'd be bummed out if he goes. Of course, you would be. But at the same time, I think you'd have to understand from Joe Sackick's perspective why it went the way that it did. Yeah, it's just man, what a what a thing. It's just that man, the the Avalanche. I'm looking at their cap friendly right now, and they don't have a single person signed to longer than three years. That isn't named Miko Ranton or Sam Gerrard right now. Yep. So they are not Which, locked into anybody. Um, tons of rumor. Some of that is by design from the perspective of they know they have these big contracts. They're going to have to be handed out the next yeah. couple of summers. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them, yeah. Two one of them per, being handed out this summer. Yeah, like, one of them is for sure. Like they're they're signing McCarr to something this year, right? Like now, is it closer to what uh, what Buddy in I Dallas got? Yeah, what he signed for. With I would the, suspect uh, so. Because if you're a Makar's yeah. people, I think you can reasonably say to the Avalanche, look, you just got 8.45. Mm-hmm. Kale's a $9 million player. If if 8.45 is the price for Miro Heskinen, isn't Kale an eight, $9 million player? Like, And, I, and sure. for the Avalanche, you kind of have to look at that and say, okay, that's not an unfair argument, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious to see. But if it's 8 by 9 like that's not – it's obviously a lot of cap space, and uh, oddly enough, it'd be a situation where, uh, like, the way that second contracts are being done in this league is shifting. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a time when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves signed identical six-by-six six second contracts. Those days are over, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're the Avalanche, you're saying, okay, well, second contracts are now, you're paying close to full freight, so... We've got a Norris caliber defenseman that wants nine million dollars a year for the next eight years. We kind of just gotta, you know. Yeah, you gotta do it for a twenty-two yeah. year old guy who's already got Norris Trophy votes. Like, you know, yeah. like I just got like he he wants this and like. Yeah, I, we, you gotta uh, do that. You gotta back it up for McKinnon. Now, let me ask you, and then and then we'll we'll move off the Avalanche. Do you think Sackick did enough maneuvering in losing Donskoy in the in the draft and trading Graves that gets seven million off the books over the next two years. Do you think uh, that's enough to keep a Gabriel Landeskog? Um Yes, if they want to. You know mm. what I mean? Like yeah. I think they could fit him in in the eight. It'd be a tight fit, but they may not want to. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm curious about that. So the, the the actual number, just by a peer, is there enough slices of the pie left in order to make this happen? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they want to give that many slices of the pie to that few number of players, though. I, I suppose we'll see. Um, from a, a, a handling the expansion draft perspective, 
losing Jonas Donskoy, he's not a bad player. But, like, if that's the guy that you lose, yeah, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's not – that's not a disaster. And I don't think anyone had a disaster today. I don't think there's any team that's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe we lost this guy in expansion. So there's that going for some of the teams in the league. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's a disaster by any stretch for Colorado. Like, if you're a good team with a bunch of good players, as Colorado is, you're going to lose someone good just by definition. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the big boys that uh, Seattle uh, did get today. Let's start with the guy who, unless they make a big signing within the next couple of weeks, uh, this is the man who I likely think will be the captain of the Seattle Kraken when they take the ice against, apparently, the Vancouver Canucks uh, in October. Mark Giordano, uh, the Flames left him unprotected. Won the Norris Trophy a couple of years ago. He's 37 years old. They are apparently re-upping him to something else, but right now he's just at a seven, uh, six, seven on the books. Um, what do you make of uh, Calgary and uh, losing Mark Giordano, and do you think that this is going to be a foreshadowing of things to come and, and perhaps a reckoning, if you will, in Calgary? Um, reckoning is interesting. Um, Bit yeah, of a strong I, I, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think that they Calgary was looking to make some big changes to their group anyway. Mm-hmm. Not that they wanted Giordano gone, but I understand sort of why he was the odd man out here. Um, I think Giordano's a fine pick. Uh, you need some a veteran. Maybe he is your next captain. I was under the impression there were reports today that there was some sort of potential side deal with flipping him to the Rangers after picking him and retaining some money. Yes, that uh, was um, the thing that had been reported by yes, a few. But, yeah. but like... To me, that there's no way that happened now, right? Because if you're talking about, oh, yeah, we're going to fly six players in here to model the New Jerseys and meet the fans for the big expansion draft event, is the guy you've already decided you're trading going to be one of those six players? No. especially no. Yeah. When, when, no way, right? No. So, like, I'm not saying that Mark Giordano's is untradeable for Seattle. He's not. But I don't think they've already got a deal worked out for him. And I'd be very, very surprised if he wasn't on their team when they drop the puck in October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have the C on his chest unless, um, you know, I mean, if Gabriel Landis, <laughs> obviously if, if Landis Cog or a, uh, or a Tarasenko, which Tarasenko will be tough for them to do, but um, something like that, unless a, unless a trade or a signing like that happens, I, I think Mark Giordano will likely be the, uh, the Kraken's uh, captain. Yanni Gord. Um... Five two over the next couple of, over the next four years um, was a bottom six <laughs> bottom six forward for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's how deep they were. Um, everybody loves this guy. He's an analytics darling. Big question is, can he play top six minutes, including probably top three minutes uh, for the for these guys? But he was one of the he was one of the big boys that that they got today. What do you make of Yanni Gord on Seattle? Uh, right decision by them uh, to, sure. to, to take Gord. I know there was some speculation that teams were um, were asking, hey, if, if, if we want Gord, what does it cost if, for us to flip him, uh, for you to flip him to us? And I guess the, the, the price was two firsts, which, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, uh, he was the best player that Tampa had available. I thought for a second they might go with Matthew Joseph just from a perspective of, of, of cheap. But uh, no, they they thought they needed an established NHL center. I think Gord can play higher than the lineup that he's been playing in Tampa Bay. I think we will see that. And uh, yeah, it was the uh, it, it was the right selection. Uh, 
Um, and I think that they're going to be happy with uh, with how the deal works out. Uh, they took Jordan Eberle from the Islanders at 5-5 for the next three years. Um, I was a bit surprised. Uh, obviously, I was a bit surprised that uh, Jordan Eberle was left unprotected while Matt Martin was... Uh, yeah, that... What was up with that, right? GM of the year, uh, Lou Lamarillo, by the way. Um, yeah. uh, was Cal Clutterbuck protected too? Like, uh, Jesus Christ. Like, like I understand the, oh, the identity line with the Islanders. We made the conference finals, blah, 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 blah. Well, if Tristan Jari doesn't play like absolute garbage in the first round, you guys would have been bounced in the first round of the playoffs and that would have been it. I don't understand why this commitment to the identity line. Now, if you want to say, hey, wait a minute, we like Everly might be a little more expensive than, than he's playing these days. There's yeah. a, a legitimate conversation there so therefore we thought we could leave him unprotected because worst case we have some cap space but just like why like matt martin's been protected by lou lamorello in two consecutive expansion drafts <laughs> yeah jeez. why like why is this happening but whatever. loves them loves them i guess i i don't i don't understand it um a couple other one interesting ones uh chris dredger is it dredger or dredger dredger chris dredger um man uh florida Added again. I mean, is Florida the big loser in all this to you? Because to me, here's the thing. Like to to me, their their mistake has nothing to do with the expansion draft. Mm -hmm. You gave a massive contract to a goalie that has a no movement clause, and you also drafted a goalie in the first round. Yeah, and 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 had another guy already in your system who might have been better than the guy you gave ten million a year to. Yeah. So like. The Bobrovsky contract obviously ill advised, but from an expansion perspective, we lost Chris Dreger. Like, yeah, one guy had an remove clause, and the like they didn't protect Spencer Knight because they didn't have to, obviously. But yeah, you know, if, if they're thinking to themselves, oh, Chris Dreger was the future of Panthers goaltending, like it's probably Spencer Knight, right? So mm-hmm. to me, if you're Florida and you lose Chris Dreger, that's fine. I'd rather lose him than Nudavara or some of the other options they had a forward that were available. It, I, like I completely agree with you, but from the list of guys that I, I see here ta- uh, taken, the the I don't know the the most likely candidate to I think to be like wow that looks really bad I can't believe they lost him for for nothing in the expansion draft if if Dreger continues to do what he did I mean he got playoff games for them last year um, if he yep. if he continues to be very solid and then maybe even takes it up a notch because he's hitting that age where goaltenders kind of hit their stride where they get in their late twenties. If he if he continues that, then Florida's got a real good shot of looking like fools in back to back expansion drafts within five years. I I don't think so. I think no. I think this is one that you can't look back. Like even if Dreger is phenomenal for mm. Seattle, just great. If you're Florida, we had ten million dollars tied up in one goalie, and different front office that did that by the way. We have ten million dollars tied up in one goalie. We have a first-round pick that we use on Spencer Knight, and he's sort of our future. So we let them have a guy that was an unrestricted free agent anyway. Like, Chris Dreger was either going to Seattle or becoming a UFA in four days. Those are the two things that were going to happen for Chris Dreger. So he went to Seattle. So I think it's one of those ones where you decide that um, you decide that we had three goalies, and we can't pay three million dollars for another one so if if that's the guy who goes that's fine i don't i think that it will be some major 
revisionist history to say that Florida should have found any sort of way to keep Chris Dreger. I really that's, believe that's fair. It's just uh, like that's more on their their foolishness of signing the ten million dollar Bobrovsky contract. I think right, like it, they just could not have done that sort of a thing, right? Yeah, and that but, that that's that's the mistake to be clear. Yes, the Bobrovsky contract. If you're going to pick the mistake, but like that's already signed. So yeah, maybe you convince him to waive his no move, but then why? Because Chris Reed, like you're you're paying Bobrovsky next season, no matter literally no matter what happens. You're not signing Chris Dreger in a couple days, right? You're not. You can't sign him as a free agent. Some other team would 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 outbid you, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if you're Florida, why am I protecting a guy who I know isn't going to be on my team in four days? Yeah. So Dreger to me was the perfect outcome for them. I'd rather it be him than Nudavara. That's true. Um, Brandon Tanev. Um, I was a little bit this. This was the pick that. When Cap Friendly tweeted that they didn't, that Seattle made no deals with anybody, this is the pick that made me go, huh? Well, that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense that they yeah, took you this guy with that no deal. Yeah, you had to pay to get off that deal, right? Yeah, Brandon Tanner, four years left at three five, and he ain't playing that well. So, Craig, what do you make of them selecting Brandon Tanner in the in the expansion draft? That that was strange to me. Uh, yeah, I was surprised by that too. Now, here's something I'm reading from Gord Miller right now. It's just coming okay. in. Um, Seattle hadn't officially announced any side deals, but apparently there could be some announced tomorrow at 1 p.m. Okay. Because that's when the trade and signing freeze is over for the NHL. Mm-hmm. So we may find out that Pittsburgh gave them something. That being said, if you look at Pittsburgh's available list, like the Tanev contract is probably underwater. That's 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 fair. But if you look at Pittsburgh's available list... It's not like they said no thanks to any to some sort of great option, right? Mm-hmm. Like who was who was this incredible option that they could have taken from the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah, outside sure. of Brandon Tanev? Teddy Bluger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they they need a little sandpaper for the bottom six anyway. Now the question I have about Tanev, of course, is that contract runs until twenty twenty five, and that yeah. contract was signed by a front office other than this one. So, as much as Brian Burke loves pugnacity, testosterone, or whatever the hell the catchphrase was in Toronto, truculence. Yeah, truculence is another one. Uh, I would not be at all surprised, at all surprised, to find out that Pittsburgh slipped them a draft pick in order to take that contract off their hands. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something we find out tomorrow at one o'clock. I don't know, but um it's it's sort of been sort of confusing the way that it's been uh it's been phrased by some of the people on social media but i from, I, from we may hear some deals are announced tomorrow so we'll see yeah i i hope so because some of these picks just don't make sense without a cup without a little something from somebody specifically the brandon tanev deal that is that doesn't make a an an ounce of of, of sense considering that's the... The, that's the only one that i looked at and because like they clearly prioritize cap space. Yes. They clearly, they clearly wanted a ton. Weaponizing of it, right? Yeah. So that's the only one of these contracts or, or deals that they took that I looked at and said, wait a sec. Like, why are they taking on this much money? Like, he's the fourth highest paid forward on the team. Mm-hmm. Only Everly, Gordon, Donskoy make more money than him. Uh, like, he, like. He's the seventh highest paid player on the roster, Brandon Tanev. Mm-hmm. Like, poof. and and that contract runs for four seasons after this one. 
So they clearly did this, you would think, for something. We'll see what that something was. But they did this for something. That being said, and maybe I'm like, we'll see what happens in a couple days. But if Pittsburgh said, we'll give you this to take Brandon Tanev, why did Pittsburgh unload Jared McCann? Of course, maybe Seattle wasn't willing to pay to do the TANF thing until McCann was not an option on Pittsburgh's list. I guess the whole thing is, is complicated and strange. Either way, TANF uh, was a strange pick, and we'll see if, if uh, the Kraken got anything from Pittsburgh in order to make it. That would be some crazy galaxy braining by uh, Pittsburgh if they were like, we got to get off McCann in order to get off TANF. That would be yeah. a... No, seriously, we've got to... We'll turn yeah. McCann into a prospect in the seventh. Not a great prospect, but like, you know, a guy who's probably a bottom six on each other. We'll mm-hmm. turn McCann into a prospect in the seventh. So that way, when Seattle looks at our list and set and thinks to themselves, all right, maybe we should just take a third, take Brandon Tanev off their hands type of thing. So we'll see what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, two defensemen they took. They get Jamie Alexiak from Dallas, and they get Adam Larson from the Edmonton Oilers, who they then signed to some pretty – Significant, some some yeah, pretty decent like extensions. Five years. Yeah, five, five years, years at four, four six, six, and Larson four times four. Um, I mean the Larson deal, I'm f- it's fine, but I'm just not a big Adam Larson guy, and he's a 28 year old defenseman who, quite frankly, isn't that good. So I don't know why you lock yourself into to a guy. Uh, who's to not me, very good if you to me. if you're saying we're getting a second pair mm-hmm. right shot defenseman, yeah. A relatively rare commodity in NHL, a guy who can play in the top two pairs and is a right shot defenseman, mm-hmm. for four million bucks, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm and okay he might that. just be so happy to get at it. He might. He's a candidate for well, the, so the, happy to be out of Edmonton. I think it was um, it was Ryan Rashad from TSN reported the Oilers offered him more money for more term. Yeah, and he and said, he, "No, I'll take the Seattle money." Actually, yeah, he's like, "No, I got to get the hell out of here," and yeah. just so bad. Well, Zach Hyman's talking to Edmonton today, apparently. Good luck with yeah, all apparently, that. <laughs> apparently, they've like contacted the Leafs about the idea of a sign and trade, so they yeah. can give Hyman eight years. Oh, well, if you're the Leafs, like all right, all that. Yeah, you know, we'll take <laughs> we'll take whatever you want to to make that happen. Of course. Yeah, sure. Um, anything else you want to say? Any, any other uh, yeah, particular couple, names you want to discuss? Ones that I was interested in. Yeah, uh, Los me. Angeles Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. They took Curtis McDermott from the LA Kings. Yes, Curtis McDermott's not very good. And I, but his dad played Craig. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> I am of the belief that Los Angeles Kings made like if there were deals, I of the belief that Los Angeles Kings made one of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who it was they were trying yeah. to steer them away from, but I believe that the Los Angeles Kings were were amongst the deal making teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that one to be interesting. Um, the other interesting one. That uh, they've well, kind of a neat thing that they drafted both Flurry brothers, both Kale yes. and and Hayden is is kind of cool. So well, I think them. it's a I think it's a, a it's in the CBA now that you have to draft somebody with the last name Flurry in an, in That's an true. NHL expansion draft. Yeah, it's it, I, I actually yeah, it's been in the CBA for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that one was interesting to me as well. Um, the Los Angeles one, I guess they were trying to keep them away from Brandon Lemieux or Carl Grunstrom or somebody like that. Either way, uh, good for good for the Kings if they were able to do that. I, I just have a hard time believing that front office would think that Curtis McDermott is better than any of those players. Yeah, and there was very little difference in dollars 
either. So it's not like it was a salary cap thing. But he's tall, though, Craig. He's tall. That's you know? true. You can't he's, you can't teach small. that, right? No, <laughs> you can't you teach height. Teach <laughs> um, yeah, those were the only ones that uh, sort of really jumped out to me as well. This is interesting, or what's going on there? Um, it's uh, it's a team that obviously needs some assistance. Um, they uh, they need a little bit of help. Clearly, mm-hmm. we'll see what they get. We'll see what happens over the next little while. I suspect they're going to look for one more goalie. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it's 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 they they will make things interesting. And there's a whole draft here, so I suspect that they'll be able to do some things at the yeah. draft. I'm wondering if they're still got the some, number two overall pick. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm wondering. I'm still wondering if they're going to be able to get some draft capital for taking on some contracts that teams don't want. Yeah, and you know what? One I find interesting because Tampa Bay, even without Yanni Gord, Tampa Bay needs to do some stuff. Because yes. they like they can't pull what they did last year, not in an eighty-two game season. Like no one's no one's gonna buy that one. Like you know the other like very few people bought the other one. But an eighty-two game season, you can't have someone like Kucherov or whoever sit out for that long. Mm-hmm. So the Tampa Bay Lightning still need to do some things. I'm still wondering if Tyler Johnson winds up there somehow. Yeah, that's another one. Like you know, you know, can can what would. Seattle need in order to take Tyler Johnson off Tampa Bay's hands. So now, Tampa get... Bay is a little bit draft pick poor. Um, which, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you're like, well, we won the Stanley Cup two years in a row. Who gives a fuck how many draft picks we have? Which is fair. That's a fair mm-hmm. opinion to hold. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, they're a little draft pick poor when it comes to paying people to get off guys. But uh, that's interesting. So maybe they wind up with a Tyler Johnson, who, by the way, is like he played his junior hockey for the Spokane uh, Chiefs. Uh, he is from Spokane. He is from the, the the Washington area, so he'd be a good marketable player if you're Seattle. So maybe that's something they wind up doing. But Tampa Bay, even with Yanni Gord off the roster, they're at seven point nine nine five in committed cap dollars for next year, and they still need to like they need to sign like a whole third line. They need to sign a defenseman at least. Like they need to do some things. So. They, uh, you cannot sign a whole third line and the defenseman for one point five million dollars. They're gonna have to make some choices here. Oh, they also need to sign a goalie. They only have yeah. one. Of those. So yeah, uh, other guys are going to be jettisoned from the sta- from the Tampa Bay Lightning back to back Stanley Cup championship roster. I would think it might be Tyler Johnson and maybe Seattle's interested. So we'll see about that. So there's a world in which the Seattle Kraken, when the puck drops in October. They have Yanni Gord and Tyler Johnson, two thirds of a line that won back to back Stanley Cup champions, and potentially Gabe Landeskog and Jonas Donskoy as a different line, which is two thirds of a line that won the President's Trophy last year. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> potentially not a bad not a bad yeah. jumping off point. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I like. I'm I'm curious to see what they do in free agency. Yeah. Like if they're taking the slow build approach, mm-hmm. to me the right thing for them to do is wait for free agency to happen, and then as free agency is happening, saying, "Oh man," you call up Julian Breezebois with the Lightning and say, "Well, you've got a bad contract situation there. We'd be happy to take player X off your hands for in exchange for the low, low price of your first round pick in 2022." And you look at some of the other teams that uh, are right up against the cap and need to sign a bunch of guys. Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars. Like, there's uh, 
there's a lot that needs to be done there. So I'm uh, I'm curious to see how this shakes down. I'll tell you that much right now. The Leafs only have about ten million dollars in cast space, but the Leafs only need you know two forwards and a goalie, and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to unload anybody, but uh, other teams will. And hey, maybe if Seattle like Kerfoot as much as they said. There's a conversation between Seattle and the Leafs about Kerfoot and said, okay, you can't get him an expansion because we did the McCann thing on you, but we'll do a deal for him this way. Like, I think Seattle has some wheeling and dealing that uh, either uh, has been done or, or will be done tomorrow. So, For sure. And, like, the, the roster freeze ends tomorrow at 1, and, and yeah. then we got the draft on Friday, and it's uh, just we're, we're going on. breaking speed last right now. Because whoever watched Um. Last year with Vegas, they traded Mark Mathot to Dallas for a second almost right after the draft. And yeah. they did a couple other ones like that, too. Uh, David Schlemko to Montreal almost right after the draft. I think that may happen again. Yeah. A few things like that for sure. Uh, Seattle cracking over under 90 points next year, Craig. It's so hard to, to give an answer to that right now. Cause, yeah. Because, like, to, to, cause like, if – if Ron Francis's life was on it, I would mm-hmm. take the over because they could easily, in free agency, craft a team that is more than able to get 90 points. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's something they're going to attempt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously their biggest trap is—I I mean, the the biggest bear trap they could step into is thinking that they can like instantly replicate what the Golden Knights did, right? Which is. Stanley but, Cup in your first, yeah. like, like the bar cannot be the bar for the Seattle Kraken cannot be. We make the Stanley Cup in our first year, like Vegas did four years ago, right? Like that. No, that... They, and they can't be thinking that because that was a miracle run for a few different reasons. And here's the other thing, mm-hmm. like as far as I know, Ron Francis didn't have anyone calling him saying, "Hey, will you take these two top six forwards off our hands?" Wait, yeah, we have to give nothing. Yeah, like, that's as far true. as I know, that phone call didn't happen for Ron. Francis. No. <laughs> No, but like, yeah, I, I mean, that's just easily the biggest trap that they could. Hey, do you into, want this uh, the stud prospect defenseman? Yeah, sure. What do we have to do? Nothing. No, <laughs> just just stand there. Just yeah, stand there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can just have Shea Theodore for free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. That's, just that's, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Just stand there, look pretty with your golden helmet, and you know, yeah. do your thing. Yeah. Hey, do you want all these first round draft picks for nothing? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I guess we can do that. Like, uh, I guess as far as I know, Rod Francis is not getting those phone calls. So they're yeah. not going to be able to. Uh, they're not going to be able to have, I would suspect, the same level of success. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in the expansion draft before we get out of here? No, no. I think it's. Uh, I think it's good. It was. Uh, yeah. uh, the last thing I'll say about the expansion draft is it was really lousy TV. Oh, uh, terrible! Why was it two? Why was it nearly two hours long? I didn't. I didn't get that. That's a great question. But here's the thing. This is what made it worse TV. Um, the fact that the lists were the, the fact that te- players and teams were notified at 10 a.m. and the expansion draft was at 8 p.m. Yeah, like, and why did they go? Do you want in... there to be any suspense for this whatsoever? If so, you shouldn't have had a 10-hour lead-up in yeah. between the players being notified and the team being announced. If you wanted to have any suspense for this whatsoever. Yeah, because that leaked that leaked uh, thing we got around noon 
was more or less accurate, right? Like that leak list that every yeah. everybody had was I don't I I think there was only one or two things that were wrong on it, and they weren't. No, got, like... no I, I, yeah, and, and by the time all the insiders got through, Seattle's taking this person, mm-hmm. Seattle's taking this person. That was it. Yeah. Like they they had the whole roster by about one p.m. today. Yeah, and 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 the other thing was. <laughs> Why did they, and just from a production standpoint, why did they go in alphabetical order by division instead of just alphabetical order? It just did not make sense to me. Like, like no. why? Oh, uh, yeah. And why wouldn't you just, like, announce the players? I don't know. Like, there's all sorts of different ways you could have done it. All sorts of yeah. different ways. I don't know. Like it, it was good in in terms of like they had some celebrities out there that are like actual real celebrities because usually when the NHL is doing celebrities, it's like Kid Rock, come on down, you know, and stuff like that. But but you know they they had some people. Macklemore was there, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. See, I, I thought mean, they Gary still kind of count. Sean Kemp touch was nice, like yeah. the perspective of like, all right, like there's no basketball team here anymore, but here are these mm-hmm. guys and they're supportive of us, and yeah, so yeah. So that that touch was nice. They you know they few like the celebrity pool was a lot better this time around, which it is usually not for the NHL. Is is yeah, and it's surprising that it was better than the Las Vegas celebrity pool. Yeah. Either Mm. way, Uh, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll see what happens tomorrow. But uh, interesting night, interesting day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that it'll be it for our quickie expansion draft podcast. Crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Uh, we're, uh, we're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. Uh, and as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. We're on pretty much all podcatchers that are out there. So, uh, check us out there. I will hopefully be back next week. I need to get, uh, on the ass of some of the guys on the other side so we can talk about Black Widow and uh, Loki, which the ending to Loki was unconscionably good. (laughs) I was was fascinated by it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And obviously that opens up all sorts of interesting uh, bad guy ideas. And Mm -hmm. maybe I'm crazy and I I haven't read this anywhere on the internet, but like you heard, I heard those rumors of like, a Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire being involved and whoever else yeah. being involved. Andrew like, Garfield might yeah, pop yeah. in. Yeah. Couldn't, yeah. Couldn't this just be like the precursor to, oh yeah, of course there are multiple universes. Like there are multiple Logies. Yeah. Of course, yeah. There are multiple Spider-Mans. Like, you know, yeah. like, that seems yeah. to be what they're heading for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like at absolutely. And, and, and they kind of teased us there not to get, you know, not to get too deep, but they kind of teased us there with the, uh, with, with the first two, which was Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, like it advanced the story plot, but the 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 plot forward. But the biggest thing that I think come out of that one, uh, out of that series, in terms of future MCU, was uh, the appearance of uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus as uh, Contessa, um, which was great. Mm-hmm. But other than that, not much in terms of impact. And then same thing for uh, as as fun as WandaVision was to watch the didn't seem to be much there other than her kind of being like, my powers are awesome now. And uh, much like they were in the comic books, but uh, the Loki one, boy, they, like they, they really did the old bait and switch on us there where it's like, we don't really do much in these TV shows until the very last minute of the last episode of the first three set of TV, television series. And then it was like, okay, <laughs> now well, stuff is stuff happening. Happened in Falcon True. Wars. I think Falcon being a- is my favorite of the three. Really, uh, I got Loki is my favorite for. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I think I go Loki, and then it, it'll depend on the day for me for Wandavision or, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Because yeah. uh, 
talking to Winter Soldier, I, I like the the final episode was kind of weak, but I liked a lot of the uh, I, I liked the more boots on the ground stuff. That I, I thought it was a more enjoyable journey if the finale was a little lackluster than than WandaVision. The first few episodes of WandaVision, I was like, eh, yeah, the first is... two episodes of WandaVision were a little bit of a tough slog. Yeah, but it got but... better as it went on. For sure. It certainly, certainly did. Yeah. Uh, quickie review without spoilers. What'd you think of Black Widow? I've seen, I'm seeing my wife and I are going Friday. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Well then Friday. certainly no spoilers. So that'll be all we say. Um, I will uh, try attempt to return next week with, uh, the guys on the other side of the podcast to discuss Loki and Black Widow, uh, whether it's one big pod or two separate pods, who knows all, but I, I will certainly attempt to do that. And then, uh, before you know it, Craig, it's, it'll be August, which means we got to start talking football with, uh, yeah. with Bill, which means we're going to be doing some over under podcasts. Um, we'll be doing some win totals podcasts. And then I guess that, uh, if anything crazy happens in the in the NHL, which is certainly likely to happen, then we'll we'll come back on. Like I, I might need you to come on and talk me off the ledge if like Landis Cog signs with the Blues or just just somebody awful, just somebody truly truly awful. Nah, that would be terrible. Oh well, uh, hopefully it doesn't go down like that. Hopefully this is just uh, it, 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 like hopefully this is just Joe Sackick once again waiting for his best deal. Which uh... yeah. now here's the thing: when you're waiting to trade a player, that's one thing. Yeah. And <laughs> every team in the league can call Gabriel Andescog and say, "Hey, do you True. want to come here for this number of dollars on mm-hmm. Thursday of next week or whenever it is?" Yeah. Well, that's. Uh... That's a bit yes. of a different conversation. For sure, yeah. Especially when you're you when you were holding all of the cards in the Matt Duchesne thing, right? Yep. He's like, I have no reason to rush this, <laughs> but this one is a bit more, you know, a bit bit trickier. But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's just the two of them being two of them being a little bit petty, and then they can come to a a reasonable uh, reasonable middle there on on the thing because it, it just seems to be like, you know, we don't want to give you that much, and or, or like the, like. We can give you a lot, but short term, and then Landis Cox's like, I don't want short term, and then, yeah, I don't know. anyway, hopefully it's all over. But that, anyway, that's it. Congratulations to the Seattle Kraken on uh, becoming an NHL franchise. It's glad, it's good to see Seattle have a uh, have a team in, in uh, one of the big four besides baseball, um, especially after they lost uh, the Seattle Supersonics yeah, they have, they for bullshit sport. reasons. Cool, they, they haven't yeah. had a winner thing since the Sonics left, so there you go. Yeah, true. Especially with like the bullshit way they lost the Supersonics yep, too, with the with the city doing the smart thing of being like, "Mr. Billionaire, we're not paying you like like us people in the city. We're not going to pay you to build a building. Like, <laughs> screw yeah. that, right?" Like, and uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, to his credit, said, "I'm going to come to Seattle and I'll build a building." So I'll yeah, then. yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, he got off the boat for this one. That's a deep cut Arrested Development reference, and I can think of no better way to get at her. Greg Needles, thanks for doing this. Uh, Good luck to everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. 